what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. Hello everyone, this is the interview queen, Alicia Too. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. This is Veggie. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling, Sammy Callahan. The one and only shot under Willie Mack. This is Shreddy Breck, aka Mr. Clangin and Bangin. And you're listening. You are listening to. You are listening to. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Broken But Glorious Wrestling Podcast. Uh, I'm your host for this week, Nick Davey, and I'm delighted to be joined by wrestling writer and great friend of the show, Stephen Jackson. Oh, thank you for having me on again, Nick, and uh, being able to do a podcast with you, it's great. So uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. No, absolute pleasure. We're delighted to have you on. Um, as I say, sadly, no Chris and uh, Lance joining us this week. Uh, Chris selfishly working, I have to add, <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, with his heavy heavy work commitments over the over the last uh, for, the, for, the, for the last few weeks or so. Uh, hopefully, have him back on in a, in a few weeks' time in May. Uh, and yeah, sadly, no no Lance this week as well. Uh, but um, yeah, no, it's, it's your, your first show with us for since sort of January, where we had the Royal Rumble. And how, how have you been since? Have you have it been since? January. I know you said off air you've had you've had a great couple of months. So yeah, yeah. How have you been? Yeah, it's just been more so than sort of wrestling life, more real life really. So <laughs> finally uh, moved out into my own place, which is great. So as we're recording now, I'm actually sat in my living room, which is an you know, which is really exciting. Um, and then found out a few weeks ago. Well, I was, I was headhunted for a position, and then um, got a new job on the way as well. Which was a, I wasn't looking for a new job. I wasn't kind of, you know, looking or anything. But got in con- someone got in contact with me, and you know, said there was a job. What might you might be interested in, suitable for. So just kind of went with the flow and said, yeah, you know, let me know about it. And you know, obviously the stars aligned, and I've got a new job on the way in May. So yeah, quite a busy few. You know, a few months and, uh, you know, a lot of change in a short period of time. But, uh, yeah, it's all good, thankfully. And feeling good as well. Feeling really positive about 22 after, 2022 after sort of the, I don't know, the sort of confusion of 2021 and then obviously the closing down of everything in 2020. So, yeah, it's been an exciting few months since we was last on the show. No, absolutely. Well, we're delighted to hear it, and um, that the, obviously it's all going well. And, yeah, for myself, a huge, huge uh, congratulations on the new house and, and the new job. So, oh, thank you. Um, I really hope it works out, and uh, yeah, hopefully it won't be so long until we we have you on again. So, um, <laughs> no, it's uh, no great to hear all of that, and uh, but yeah, no, in in terms of in wrestling, yeah, we've got a great great show lined up tonight. Um, so we're both going to be reviewing uh, Impact Rebellion that was this weekend. Uh, as the, the, the listeners, they you obviously may be very interested here that obviously Stephen uh, is. Well, big Impact fan. He used to do, always do a lot of reviews for Impact. So, yep, uh, it seemed fitting to get him on for, for this show, and so we can review that, and also be talking about um, the big the big announcement that was made on AEW Dynamite last week with the big Super Show um, with AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling, which will be taking place at the end of June. So, yeah, we're discussing that as well. Um, so, yeah, no, we've got a good show lined up this evening. Yeah, I'm excited for it, especially to talk about, uh, I mean, obviously, Rebellion's fantastic show, um, but also just the news of the AEW and New Japan co-show, which obviously was massive news and one of those things that fans around the world have kind of been clamouring for probably since, you know, AEW came into existence, really, with, you know, the connections of the elite and things. So, yeah, it should be exciting. Yeah, I'll tell you what, actually, that will be an, that will probably be a better place to start, actually, 
quickly run through the news and then we'll get into the rebellion review. Um, yeah, so yeah, obviously the announcement made last week and yeah, they're going to be at the end of June in Chicago. So a great wrestling city as well. No, no less. Um, and yeah, I think you're right. I think when this started, this was always hope, hopeful this was going to happen, obviously, for obvious reasons why it hasn't happened over the last couple of years with uh, COVID. Um, so great that they can, they can finally get this show sort of going. Um, and yeah, um, any, any sort of early matches that you're, 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 you're thinking, oh, I'd love to see that hopefully happen. And any, anything that immediately springs to mind? Um, this kind of an endless list really of, of matches. It's sort of, <laughs> it's, um, one of those, one of those interesting things. I would like to see, um, he, Brian Danielson against uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, just because I know they did face each other years ago, but now obviously where the two of them are in the careers, I think that'd be, Fantastic. Um, I'd like to see uh, possibly the the young bucks going up against a tag team. But then again, I'm trying to think of teams who may, maybe the hardest could go up against. You know, possibly you know, sort of dangerous techers, Zack Saber Junior. and Taichi. You know, so something a bit kind of out out there. You know, which isn't necessarily sort of the typical. You know. Big matches people think of like Okada or Omega. Hiromu Takahashi maybe against Pentagon would be a good one as well because, you know, they're two yeah. sort of extroverts. I think that would be really good as well if they could do that. Um, and maybe, you know, Malachi and Black, if he could get in there with, you know, maybe, I don't know, Ishii or if, if Ishii's back or, you know, someone. Um, I mean, now we've got a, a, another thing as well, just that... Um, with uh, the United Empire, with uh, Francesco Akira joining the company, you know, the Italian-European uh, wrestler. I mean, it'd be great to see him get in there with someone like, you know, Adam Cole or even like Adam Page. Or you, you, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless, you know. I think it'd be good to see some of the younger guys getting in there with some of the guys who've been, you know, around like in WWE or, you know, Impact and Ring of yeah. Honor and things. Samojo as well would be a good one to see, possibly against Okada or Naito. That might be a good one, actually. Samojo against Naito would probably be a good, interesting matchup. So lots of possibilities, I think, you know, and, and as long as, um, they don't, the one thing I hope they don't do, and I think a lot of people will, you know, think the same is I hope they don't kind of overfill the card with too many matches and not give matches sort of enough time or run over and things like I think they did. Yeah. Um, that all in a couple of years ago when it was kind of the birth of AW and it kind of affected the main event a little bit and the timing. So as long as it's nicely paced out and it is the start of something which is going to get even bigger, then, you know, it's going to be really exciting. Um, really exciting. How about you? Have you got any sort of initial matches you'd like to see off the top of your head? I think, I think, yeah, I mean, you're obvious. A wrestler that speaks to Brian Danielson. We could probably be here all night talking about wrestlers <laughs> that you could face. I mean, there is that many. And I, I think for me, just being from where I started getting into my independent wrestling, uh, with Zack Zaber Jr. Um, and Will Ospreay, just seeing those guys wrestling. Yeah. Uh, not together. I mean, just against obviously anyone from the AD, the AW. I mean, I've always had a dream match of mine to see Danielson versus Zaber Jr. Um, so I'd love to see them go at it. Um, I mean, yeah, there, there is literally so many. I think, yeah, Will Ospreay also against, well, Penta again springs to mind. Yeah, for, that'd be brilliant. For them. 
Uh, I know they've been, we've seen them in Impact quite a bit as well, funny enough, but Finn Juice, I'd like to see them maybe wrestle against the Young Bucks. Yeah. Um, and there is Jeff Cobb, I've always been, I think Jeff Cobb versus like a Miro, I think could be, could yeah. be nuts as well. So there, there is just so many dream matches. And like you say, hopefully it doesn't go, they don't go crazy and make it sort of so, so long. But, yeah, I'm high, I really do have that. I'm, I've got high hopes that they, this will be sort of booked correctly. Yeah. Um, One of what has come to mind now said Jeff Cobb, uh, Keith Lee against Jeff Cobb, oh, because they have yeah. faced each other years ago, I think, in PWG briefly, I think, in tag team competition, and that was fantastic. So seeing them go at it now at the level they're at in a big stage, especially given sort of, you know, the way they've both progressed in their careers, I think that'd be fantastic as well. I'd, I'd pay to see that one, absolutely. Well, I've ever seen Jeff back in progress super strong start weekend when I went in 2017. It was the first time I saw Jeff Cobb and he had a match with Matt Riddle. And um, it was actually got a standing ovation mid-match. Mm. It was one of my favourite ever matches I've ever seen. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Jeff Cobb. I mean, there's, again, there's a few guys, but yeah, Keith Lee, I actually forgot <laughs> of all this talent that we keep sort of seeing go into AEW. You forget who, <laughs> who's yeah. sort of there and everything. So, no, there, the, the list, as you say, is endless. And yeah, no, just really excited to see how they build to it as well. Cause don't forget, we've also got another AEW pay-per-view before then with, with, um, Double or Nothing, which will be yeah. at the end of next month. So, It'll be nice to sort of have four weeks after that, and you've got another thing to look forward to. Whether we'll start to see some builds before that, I know we've, there's a few. I know we've got we've seen a lot of Jay White appearing on um, on AEW TV, so it'll be interesting to see how many sort of guys we see over the next well over the next couple of months that sharpen AEW to to maybe develop some programs going in towards that. Yeah, and with the uh, finals of the Owen Hart um, Memorial Tournament as well, you know mm. maybe something playing to that as well at, um, you know, AEW, sorry, um, yeah, AEW against New Japan, you know, maybe, because obviously Owen had such a massive career over in New Japan, you know, they might kind of play into something maybe, you know, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, it's, it's a really, you know, interesting time for, you know, the, again, the expanding of the, you may say the forbidden door in inverted commas, but, you know, the industry as a whole, I think, I think it's a really, um, like I said, like we were saying at the start, you know, exciting period for dream matches and sort of if they'll come to, you know, come to be, which I hope they do, you know, and I hope, like you were saying, Chicago, you couldn't have picked a better city to hold the uh, pay-per-view in than Chicago. I mean, we know what Chicago crowds are like and things, so it should be a phenomenal atmosphere as well to give it, you know, the best, um, you know, sort of atmosphere possible, basically. I think it'll be a really exciting show. No, hundred percent, and hopefully over the next well, the next couple of months we'll be providing updates with with matches being announced and what have you. So, no, really, really excited. Um, yeah, really, really exciting times for that as well. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw, and the face of Impact Wrestling, Sammy Callahan, and you're listening to Broken but Glorious. Well, obviously we mentioned Impact, so we'll, we'll get into um, Impact Rebellion. Now, as I said, I did actually say to you off air, I didn't see the pre-show. I don't suppose, did you happen to catch the pre-show at all? Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to see the pre-show, but as we mentioned off air, I know that um, Eddie Edwards and Chris Bay fought on it, and that is one match what, looking back from the show, I would like to go back and watch. Um, so, because I can imagine those two had a great match. I know that um, a lot of um, on a well, uh, on a 
no more were at uh, ringside, so it should be a should be an interesting match that one. So I'll definitely get round to uh, you know get around to watching it. Um, but I didn't see the pre-show, unfortunately. Yeah, no, unfortunately, um, time for myself. But there was, yeah, you're right. There was a couple of matches on the pre-show, so yeah, you're absolutely spot on. Eddie Edwards with on a no more at ringside. Uh, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, Maria Vincent, and Kenny King. Uh, he beat Chris Bay of Bullet Club. Um, so yeah, I, 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 again, obviously, um, I know there yeah, there was then there was a few teams that were well. I think yeah, there was a couple. There was a Bullet Club team and a. Um, and obviously on an on a more team later on in the um in the eliminator challenge uh, yeah. titles, which we'll get into later on um but um in terms of uh well, in terms of where this goes do you think we're going to i think we it's all be made up but hopefully we'll get a a big on a no more versus uh, bullet club match yeah. um for yeah well like, yeah. i hope so um i think it'd be really especially the other thing is is that with ring of honor you know, coming back to, um, well, being bought out by AEW, you know, it's kind of like Honor No More, there is a new version of Ring of Honor and whether it will play into, you know, into that as well, whether it happened in Ring of Honor or it happened, you know, somewhere else. I think it would be really cool, though, because of obviously the um, the different layers in the story. I think it would be great to see Honor uh, No More against the, you know, the Bullet Club in either a, um elimination tag or in some kind of a maybe like lethal lockdown or something like that, you know, because obviously that's a big staple in, uh, you know, impact. So it should be interesting, you know, to see how it pans out. But um it's been a really interesting sort of period for those guys who've come in from Ring of, you know, Ring of Honor to then, you know, become sort of staples. A, 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 sta- a stable staple stable <laughs> Sorry, yeah. just, uh, which haven't just kind of been thrown to the sidelines they're all very um, you know talented in their own right and things so yeah it should be really good to see what happens so yeah I would like to see that one come uh, come about at some point yeah I think my concern with On No More is I mean how well it all started I thought it was um, yeah I, th- I thought it was Great. So when it when it first sort of when they first started, how they sort of invaded and Eddie Edwards shockingly joining the group, um, I thought it was great. Now my only worry was that my my only worry with them is hopefully we'd like we see them as stables all across other promotions and mainly WWE's automatic that springs to mind. I mean, uh, I just hope it doesn't go stale on no more. Yeah. I hope they they can find ways to sort of. I think that's the crucial thing with stables. You need to quick, quickly find ways to keep them hot. Keep them, uh, keep the full focus on them. You don't want them just to sort of, yeah, become stale and, and sort of, uh, fizzle out. So, I, I re- uh, so my automatically when I saw this match on the pre-show, it gave me a, a bit of a red flag that, oh god, hopefully, <laughs> the, the fact that this was the main program, you know, only, only a, only a month or so, or only a couple of months ago or so. So, uh, the fact that it's already been eliminated the pre-show, I, I get that, yeah, the, the fact that they, that you had, they only have, they have three hours to fill and they did fulfill that three hours. There's other matches they do need to get on the card. I completely get that. My only concern is hopefully that this just the on and no more stable doesn't become, as I say, a, a bit stale. Yeah, I think um, again you've got to kind of like you were saying you've got to think of fresh ways to keep them, you know, a threat. And also, you know, you've got a lot of um, 
this is another thing as well. I, I, we didn't discuss actually in the the Raw Rumble show since I was last on, but now you know since the WWE releases the Ring of Honor situation, you know a lot of things have happened and a lot of people have become free agents and available, and, and you don't want there to be an oversaturation of um, stables, you know, vying for sort of the, those key areas on the card. And I think, like you were saying, when you have got so many. Um, sort of stables there like on a no more you don't want to end up with everyone being the same so I think being able to keep them a threat is the most important thing and making sure that they don't sort of fall too far down the card like I was saying it's okay having a variety there and a depth to the stable because it shows strength in numbers but yet you don't want that to then translate into them not actually being you know prominent on the show um, or shows so it will be interesting. Yeah, no, fingers crossed. As I say, it's because it, as I said, it, it's yeah. I, I've got sort of quietly confident it all will be okay, and it will also be interesting, as you say, Ring of Honor actually starting up again. Whether we will see them potentially sharpen a Ring of Honor show with this whole forbidden door, we do see them sort of go into like a, a potential another to invade like another because obviously their whole way of starting was invading. So um, that would be interesting to see if they do 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 an invasion on Ring of Honor once that sort of kicks up properly on, on weekly TV and what have you. Yeah, maybe like Ring of Honor, although they're on the no more, sort of like the Ring of Honor um, originals, if, you know, people start coming to Ring of Honor from, you know, AEW or how, uh, you know, it, it pans out with the other talents and things. So, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if they, um, you know, do return to Ring of Honor and if they do, what sort of part they'll play in the you know, in the company, or whether they'll even, you know, show up on AEW if, the, you know, maybe for, like, the New Japan cards, you know, given that Ring of Honor and New Japan had a long relationship as well, there could be some playing today, you know, again, all oh, this fantasy booking, Nick, you see, like I did with Lance. Exactly, yeah. there. You, you should have this paper and then submit him, submit him into uh, Tony Khan and see if he uh, takes us up on it. <laughs> Absolutely. There was also, um, yeah, a tag team title match for the um, for the knockouts uh, tag team titles. Um, it was the influence against the inspiration. Uh, with the influence winning now yeah I think with this the uh, I think this feud's now been going on for quite a while I think this feud probably has run its course now I'm not saying to, <laughs> certainly don't need to split the two tag teams up but uh, yeah I think for this it'll be I think there should be yeah I think the influence should be looking to, to face sort of other tag teams there because the, this feud has been going on for a while Bit, yeah, again, I don't want to keep saying it, but a bit weird. This one was also on the, uh, on the pre-show, but I suppose, again, looking at the card, there wasn't really an awful lot that you could squeeze on the pre-show, so, um, no, um, but, um, yeah, it, it obviously all, by all accounts, sound like a, a, yeah, reasonably quick, about six minutes, just over six minutes it got, but yeah, I'd say the right team's probably won, the influence yeah. winning. Yeah, I would say so. You know, I think I was quite, uh, on my earlier reviews, I was quite sort of negative on um, Canal Dashwood and the influencer gimmick with, um, you know, Caleb Connolly and things. But, you know, I think that working with Madison Rain, she, she's definitely grown on me. And I, but like you, I think that one of the situations as well is that when you have got, um, you know, tag team titles, and this is, both male and female, you have to have the teams there to be able to challenge for them. And unfortunately, I think they need to start a new, um, 
you know, for you to somebody to, uh, you know, freshen it up a little bit. Because um, there's a lot of talented, you know, as we'll mention in this show, uh, on this show, but there's a lot of talented female wrestlers in the company and obviously on the independent circuit. So maybe bring some people in, you know, some, you know, wrestlers in and mix it up and maybe a new feud, maybe, or, or travel around a bit more just to mix it up a bit. But I agree. I think it's kind of run its course. Um, and it is a shame that it was on the, on the pre-show, but you know, it's, uh, time to freshen up a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree anymore, exactly. And you're right, you're, you're absolutely right. There is a lot of talent on there that you can certainly freshen up the, the division with, uh, for sure. Um, so yeah, onto the, onto the main, onto the main show. Um, as usual, if any, I find with any promo, I do think in, it, one thing I've noticed with Impact, certainly over the, um, the course of their, their video packages are very, very good as well. Yeah. Um, I think that's one thing I'll give a bit of credit because I know naturally one thing I always do say, regardless of how, how often I slate them, WWE, they can put together an absolute unreal video promo, uh, to get you hyped for any show. I think that's one thing that uh, they'll always be great at with the, with the money, with the resource they've got. But Impact, I think, have equally done. They always seem to do very, very well in, in this field as well. I will just quickly give a quick shout out for them in that, in that respect. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, every time I've watched, whether it be a pay-per-view or whether it's a um, supercard show, like they do on uh, on mm. fight, the the video packages are just fantastic. You know, I think they're really good at um, you know showcasing a a feud, but not only or, or the feuds, but not only that. I think they do a really good job of encapsulating everything on the on the show. So it's like it doesn't just focus on one or two particular elements; it focuses on various parts. And I think the direction and the you know, the lighting and, and just everything. I think they're, you know, I think they're brilliant. Um, they definitely have a different feel to WWE as well. They don't feel, they feel a bit more, um, I don't know, sort of, I wouldn't say grimy, that's probably the wrong word, but they've got a bit more of an edge to them, I always think. I think they kind of are uh, very well directed and just very sort of um, cleverly done to get you invested into the show. So yeah, I agree. I thought it was really good for this show with uh, with Moose and Josh Alexander kind of being the main focal points on it. Absolutely, no, uh, for sure. And um, yeah, for the, for the opening match, uh, so it was a, a freeway match between Steve Macklin, uh, Chris Saban, and Jay White. Um, obviously, we know Macklin's had problems with well with Saban and many of the other sort of main impact guys from well post. Uh, post their defeat to one and no more, that they presumed Macklin was always going to be the, um, the one that would turn them. Obviously, in the end, it was Eddie Edwards that did the, the, the turn. Um, but yeah, Macklin got the win. Uh, I suppose this is the correct way, or, or I think Macklin probably is the correct winger, uh, in terms of how they're going to build him up already. I'm potentially seeing the next, the, the, the first sort of, um, well, we'll get into that later on, but a, a number one contender for the main title. Um, I, I think so. I think he probably is the correct, the correct winner. Um, but a, a really good opening match and a, yeah, a really good fast paced opening match to the show, I thought. Yeah, it was great. Um, definitely a great way to, you know, cement, uh, Steve Macklin as the, like you were saying, a potential challenger. I mean, he, you know, defeated former Impact champion Chris Saban and leader of the, the Bullet Club, but also former IWGP heavyweight champion in Jay White, you know, who's huge in, you know, Japan and things. So it was, yeah, it was really, I thought they worked really, really well. And I think one of the other things I will give Impact credit for, like I always have done, is that they always start off the shows with a really great opening match. And this was just a really great opening match with, you know, a lot of speed. There was a lot of, you know, unique 
spots in it. The moment when Steve Macklin was about to hit Chris Saban with the spear through the, you know, um, when he was tied to the tree of woe and then he ran through the ropes and he almost went into the timekeeper's table on, you know, on the outside. I was, that, that was one scary thing I didn't expect to see so early on. Um, and you really put, you, you can tell as well that this was kind of like, Steve, this was definitely Steve Macklin's showcase in a sense of that he really was given time to shine. He, he wrestled, his wrestling was just fantastic. You know, it was just, this was a star making match for me in terms of, you know, definitely taking him to the next level. And his face paint as well and everything was great. Yeah. Um, I thought it was brilliant. I just thought it was a really great opener to start the show. Um, and it got the crowd really excited for the rest of the card. No, 100%. I've been very, very impressed with Macklin's. We're more so, sort of, I suppose, in the last, more so since the turn of the year, really. Uh, loved his little work he did with Jonathan Gresham. Um, yeah. at the start of the year um, and then yeah since the sort of the whole on and no more thing with with him uh, well with him obviously just joining the, the baby faces but kind of not being a baby face and then obviously the fact that they were turned on by someone else telling me I thought was great work and yeah I think he's he's like, like impact as a whole to be fair I think he's been very consistent with his work I think that's the way I've described, I've said it on the show many times, is how I've described Impact's work over the last, well, the last 12, well, we can go back as far as the, a year. It's been very, very consistent, uh, yeah. good TV on, on a week-to-week basis. So I think, yeah, Macklin's work, and I, I think for sure I'd like to see him. This proves to me that, yeah, if, if he was to get into uh, if he was to get into a world championship scene, that, yeah, he certainly could hold, hold his own and put on a, a good match and even potentially even do it a, a run with the belt at some stage. So um, uh, we know Chris Saban, we, we, we know he's always going to be a main player on, on well, in any promotion he goes to. Yeah, we yeah. know how great, great he is. And, yeah, Jay White, I mean, he's one of the, 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 the biggest names, in, in my opinion, one of the biggest names actually uh, on the indie scene at the moment, if you want to, well, if you want to call it the indies. Um, well, I think the fact that, that we've got obviously loads of promotions that he can work with now. Um, so I think Sky's kind of limited for him. I think we're really excited to see kind of him showing up on AEW with the with the whole um, elite. Um, well, with the elite breaking down, obviously there's going to be, I think we're, we're going to hopefully see, uh, struggle with Adam Cole and Kenny Omega at some stage when that happens, uh, with Jay White sort of getting there. So there's really exciting, I, I think and I hope there is exciting plans of him going forward in AEW. And yeah, I've, I've enjoyed his work as well in, in Impact. It'd be, it'd be good. I would say it'd be nice to sort of see, well, it to kind of get a bit, cause I don't, I think the fact that he probably his, Con- probably contract won't allow him to to claim the world to the Impact World title at some stage. But uh, I mean, we, 2022. One thing for sure, nothing is certain. Everything's completely unpredictable this year in terms of yeah. wrestling. <laughs> so who yeah, knows? Definitely. <laughs> I think as well that's another match. Um, what would be great to see on the AEW New Japan show is Adam Cole against Jay White. You know, if they because mm. obviously with the you know dissension in sort of the the Bullet Club and, you know, the Elite and Super Click and all that kind of stuff playing into it. I think that would be a really interesting match to see and how that would pan out. So, uh, so yeah, I agree. You know, Jay White is just a fantastic and fantastic talent. He's got tons of charisma and, you know, he worked great in this match. Um, you know, he really helped Steve Macklin to, you know, get to the next level, as did, um, you know, Chris Saban. I thought they did a really great job. No, Absolutely. 
Um, yeah, really, really good opening to the show. Um, so up next, uh, we had, uh, well, a singles match for the uh, AAA um, Women's Championship. Uh, Diana Perazzo defending against the returning uh, Taya Valkyrie. Uh, apologies if I pronounced that wrong. Um, no, that sounded right to me. <laughs> sounded right to you. Thank God for that. I've been trying to literally <laughs> practice it all day today because, yeah, it, I think Frankie Monet is a little bit easier to, uh, yeah. to pronounce, but no, for the for the interest of uh, consistency and uh, yeah, I had to I had to call her by her impact name as as you should. Um, but yeah, really really good match. I I did enjoy this and um, a bit of a shock actually. I didn't expect the title to actually change here, so um, a pleasant shock. Um, and again, I think, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed this match. Um, they're one of my, I mean, there's a lot, but one of my favourite Perazzo matches for, for, yeah, that she's produced. This was, this was great. Yeah, I thought this match was, I, I thought this match was fantastic. This was, because obviously I'd seen them wrestling before and the feud they had last time Taya was in Impact and then obviously it played into that. And, you know, they, they both were just like, when the I'm surprised actually that this wasn't further like nearer the main event, well not the main event, but further down the card because it it did have a really big fight feel, especially the entrance and you know you could feel that there was sort of a spot where they were screaming at one another when they came back in the ring. There was some really violent, you know, they they held nothing back against one another. Let's put it that way, you know, they were very you know physical in you know the strikes and the you know the punching, the um very uh, you know aggressive to one another. Um, and when um, she actually, like you said, when she did win the title, I was surprised because, you know, I wasn't expecting um, a win. So it was a great surprise to see that, you know, Taya's retained the, um, well, regained the belt, sorry, not retained. But I, I thought this was, you know, a lot. It was a surprise in the sense of that I didn't know how physical they were actually going to get with one another. And it was probably the most physical match they've had against one another. And the chemistry is just on point throughout. You know, I'd love to see them go right again, you know, at some point in Impact or even down in AAA, because obviously, you know, it was a AAA women's title in, uh, in Mexico. So, yeah, I thought it was, again, I thought it was fantastic. You know, and the crowd were really into it as well. That's one yeah. thing, you know, the crowd were just all over it. You know, they were chanting with uh, with Taya and stuff. So I thought they did a really, really good job. Um, so yeah, I, I loved it as well. I thought it was a brilliant match. And as well, I know it's easy to read, look into these sort of things, but she just looked, Taya looked very much at home, looked very happy to kind of be, be back uh, in a, in a yeah. black ring. Uh, I know she, again, not to get too much, you know, I know she did sort of, she was very outspoken with, with not enjoying WWE. Um, obviously I know a lot of that with the, with the releases and everything. So, uh, putting that to bed, she, yeah, it was great to see her looking, l- l- enjoying her wrestling and looking, yeah, looking very happy to, to be out there and, and back home. It, it, it was good to see. Um, yeah. she was ready to go. That was the other thing is that it felt like she was, she kind of was like a caged animal and just ready to get in there and just show the world what she can, you know, what she can do. And her and Diana put on a, you know, fantastic contest, you know. That was brilliant. I mean, I've said on the show before, I think Diana Perazzo, in my opinion, has been arguably one of the best women wrestlers, well, out there. I think since, I mean, we talk about sort of people who, uh, well, who did leave WWE around, well, during the, obviously, the, there's many of the releases over the last years, but I mean, she's, 
her, I mean, her career since leaving WWE has certainly been one of the best, if not the best, out of all of the the the, the, the wrestlers who have left WWE since COVID sort of began. Um, she's gone on to have incredible success in Impact. Um, obviously, we're going to capture the the AAA title and the Ring of Honor champ. She's still the current winner, Ring of Honor champion. So excited to see her when she when she get obviously when they can get a book for a match with uh, with the other Ring of Honor champion after the change at um, uh, over the over the the WrestleMania weekend. So there's just I think yeah again we're talking about sky's limit, but for her it really is and. Yeah, really hope that maybe we can see her again cross brand as well over because she's literally it's like it's almost like she was doing like a belt collecting in her in herself as well, which which I'm a yeah. huge fan of. Yeah, I think yeah, like you, I you know echo those sentiments. I think Diana Perazzo is probably the she's my favorite women's wrestler. You know, of the past, I don't know, through, since pandemic pandemic period really. And I think the one thing about her is, is I mean, I've said seen her earlier on in her career in uh, Ring of Honor, so kind of her developing into who she is now. Um, but one thing what I always um, love about Diana's matches is that she's very um, classical in the sense of that, you know, this was a lot more aggressive and a different style of match to what she normally does, but she's very much kind of like, I always refer to her kind of a bit like um, Nick Bockwinkle in the AWA in that mm. she's very sort of, the fundamentals, you know, going after the arm, working on the arm, you know, the kind of technical grounding of that kind of style, which is sort of even even in male wrestlers is kind of one of those not often seen, but she kind of just does it to a team. She's got so much variety in the way she, you know, wrestles that she's always got something fresh to be able to show people, whether it's a submission or, you know, a move or something. So, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think Diana's is absolutely fantastic. Um you know, definitely the, I'd love to see it either go back to Ring of Honor or, you know, somewhere else and collect three, you know, more belts essentially, because there's enough belts to, you know, collect. So yeah, I agree. I thought it was, you know, I'm with you. I echo those sentiments. Absolutely, Nick. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, fingers crossed. And also as well, if, uh, we'll just quickly touch on, I think potentially I wouldn't mind seeing a, maybe a babyface run potentially over the, not, not saying it happens right away, but, I think I've seen enough of her over in, in the ring, and I think with the crowd interacting with her, I think she can certainly have a, a babyface run at, at some stage. Yeah, she um, also as well, with like the Nick Bockwinkle thing, I think because she is so good at the technical stuff, she's a bit like a Ric Flair in the sense of that she is a heel, but the fans respect that she's brilliant at what she does. So it would be great to see her have a babyface run in some form, whether it be kind of you know, that sort of Ric Flair, um, you know, heel but respected sort of, you know, love to hate kind of thing or in another form as well. It'd be, you know, um, it'd be great to see. Um, definitely, again, another layer of uh, variety to her as a, you know, as a wrestler as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, um, yeah, well, so, so far so good with the show. And then on to another outstanding match and one of my favourite matches of the night. Um Ace Austin against Trey Miguel and uh, Speedball Mike Bailey for the uh, X Division Championship. Again, with this money on paper, you could have just caught to how great this match was going to yeah. be, and it, and it it really was. My only gripe, and it's a good gripe, is it could have probably done another five minutes. I think it was that. It was just a very good match. Um, I think another five minutes would have, would have been even better uh, yeah. for this. And um, no, really, really enjoyable. And um, 
a bit of a shock change, actually. Um, I think if I'd looked at it before, ASOS, not that I'm dissing it, would have probably been the last person I would have guessed winning the belt. Uh, I would have thought they would have I'd have thought if they were going to do change, it would have been Speedball Mike Bailey. But I guess the fact that, I mean, they can proper build him now more as a face to then hopefully take the belt off Ace Austin. I think you've got a kind of bit of a rivalry there now with Ace Austin and Mike Bailey that you can kind of get a bit of a feud going for, for the belt. Yeah, I agree. And I'm, unlike you as well, I thought this was absolutely, you know, just like what um, Aaron... Uh, I can never pronounce his uh, so so um, the announcer who was uh, on commentary. Um, Aiden is it Aiden English who was on on commentary? Yeah, 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 Aiden English. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, blink and you'll you know blink and you'll miss it kind of thing because there was that much stuff going on in this match. So it was crazy. You know, some of the stuff what they did. I mean, I mean, I, no matter how many times I see it, when any wrestler and when Trey Miguel did it, the um, the Hurricane Rana head scissors from the ring over to the apron on Mike Bailey to the outside when um, Ace Austin was taken out with the with the moonsault. It's still one of the most exciting spots in all of wrestling. I just love, I just love that. You know, I think it's brilliant. But, yeah, they... they um, and when I thought the finish had come with... I thought Trey Miguel was going to get the win with the Meteora, but then he was pulled out of the ring at the last second, the referee by Ace Austin, you know, and then that was um, clever as well. I, th- I thought it was a really fast-paced, exciting... You know, match and again the crowd were just completely into it and everybody, all three guys looked strong. Um, and I was surprised that Ace Austin did get the win. You know, I was not expecting him, him to, him to win like he was expecting it either to be Mike Bailey or for, um, for Trey Miguel to retain. Cause I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of all three guys. Um, you know, but I do have a soft spot for, you know, Trey Miguel. Um, I think he definitely has a, you know, unique style. What, you know, Blends itself greatly to the X division, so yeah, it was just it was just fantastic. I keep saying the word fantastic, but it was it was just fantastic. <laughs> you know, it was full of adrenaline. Great X division title match of old, but in you know twenty two. Well, uh, the X division chat. I mean, looking back, I mean, if we look, if you always look back, I think at the end of the year, you can always go, oh, that that X match, that was great, that was great, that was great. Sort of, you've almost got your own sort of match of the year kind of contender category there of just naming an X division match. So, yeah, it, it, I think for, yeah, a place on the paper, you know, you're never, you're rarely going to be disappointed. Um, and yeah, it's free, it's free, very good workers, um, free wrestlers that, yeah, I, I think we know how great they are. With, yeah, with Trey Miguel, it's a bit interesting now with sort of where where sort of Trey Miguel goes from here. I, I think because um, I think obviously we've seen him in tag teams before. We've seen him. I think this is a great run for him as the X Division. Now I, I think potentially could be maybe I could love. I'd like to see him potentially go down the route of uh, of the main event scene. Um, yeah. I think he's certainly got, got the potential for that. Um, so I'm, yeah, I think with him, it's going to be an interesting kind of uh, where he goes from here, um, Trey Miguel. Um, and yeah, because I think that the, I think I'm set on a, an Ace Austin Mike Bailey feud. We've seen sort of Mike Bailey's introduction to, um, within Power. I've liked the sort of the storytelling with him and, and um, Ace Austin, Ace Austin trying to befriend him, um, but obviously being the selfish, he's only using him to his advantage. Now Bailey's obviously seen through that. So I think, yeah, you've kind of got a good rivalry set there. 
uh, yeah. between between those two, and, and I think yeah, that has the potential to be a, a great rivalry, and, and really sort of cement Bailey onto um, onto impact. We know uh, I, I felt not, I think when Bailey there was probably quite a lot of almost pressure on him because he's built up this name that we could never see him. But I mean, we're talking obviously he can never be booked even on American indie shows due to um, obviously well, due to the issues with his sort of visa. So there was that was always going to be be a bit of a problem uh, I think there was always going to be quite a high pressure on him to when he joined the promotion so I, I think yeah I think now that they can kind of get him solid into a bit of a into a, a bit of a feud um, yeah and I think hopefully that with the feud going and I hope it does lead to Bailey capturing the, the X Division title at some stage yeah I think um, he definitely deserves to be given the X Division title because he is everything sort of X Division is all about you know he's innovative he's high flying he's fast he's you know got charisma he's um, you know because that's the other thing as well I think about this match what was really fun for me is that all three of them Trey Miguel uh, Mike Bailey and uh, Ace Austin they all have very unique in-ring styles they're all very innovative in different ways in what they do and the way they move and the way they use the ring and stuff and I think that that as well added into this match in that you know they were you couldn't you know sort of cherry picking three people who have completely contrasting styles but just meshed and I think Mike Bailey again is one of those guys who you know he's great against you know people his own size he's great against people who are bigger than him he's great against you know sort of being a heel or a baby face. And then, yeah, it would be great to see him get the X Division title. I think he would give a different sort of um, aspect to it and make it his own, as many people in the past have done, you know, have held the, who've held the belt as well, you know, because obviously it's a, you know, a belt which has been held by so many different wrestlers with different styles and things. So, yeah, I'd like to see that as well, um, especially after, like I said, to begin with, um, he's not been able to come to the, um, US for so long due to his visa issues and you know travel restrictions and things. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I, I mean for me, I'm always going to be a little bit biased with Mike Bailey. Love the work he did at uh, my local company, um, Riptide, when that was going. Um, some of his work, some of his matches he had on there were were, were excellent. So yeah, I'm always going to be a little bit biased with him. With him, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's good to see him as a. They were getting some regular regular TV time now as well with uh, with Impact. Definitely. Um, so yeah, up next, uh, I'm gonna probably need you to help with the name pronunciation of this name because usually Chris struggles with the with the with our with pronunciation of Japanese wrestlers, so it's gonna be my turn now. So Tomorio, yeah, no, I'm gonna need you to do <laughs> Tomohiro Ishii. Yeah, so uh, beat Jonah in well, what was what was actually yeah was yeah the third the longest match of the night, um, and yeah, really really enjoyable too. We can talk all of, we could say obviously how great these triple threat matches are with sort of high flying quick crowds, but there's no something great about wrestling with just watching two massive wrestlers just take lumps out of each other. Yeah, and um, no. Enjoyed this stuff, yeah. Really enjoyed this, and again, another example of what we love—the forbidden door. Yeah, this was phenomenal. Um, Jonah, uh, I, I, a bit like Al is referred to as Jonah Rock, <laughs> just from his early yeah. days. But Jonah, um, he's so—he very much is like reminds me of sort of Samoa Joe, early days Samoa Joe, in that he's just big, but he's a—he's a brute, and he can just. He's got power and he's got speed. And, you know, going up against someone like uh, 
Ishii, who's just this, as he's called, the stone pit bull, he's just completely <laughs> unflappable and that he can just take as many, you could give him all the punches in the world, all, you know, you could hit him with everything and he still wouldn't go down. And it was great in that, you know, Jonah controlled the majority of the match to start with, but then uh, it became more of sort of Tomohiro Ishii gradually getting the upper hand and um, the moment when Jonah went up for the um, for the splash and then he you know he missed and then um, Ishii hit him with the um, brain buster. I mean, because the thing is, is that Jonah is a big guy and to be able to lift him up like he did and slam him down like he did, that's some serious power right there. So that got everyone in the crowd, you know, completely on you know, off the feet for the end. So I thought it was again, like you said, two guys who just you know hitting one another with everything they've got and you know several times of you know exclamations from me you know as I always do with Tomohiro Tomohiro Ishii matches where I'm just kind of you know overwhelmed with sort of uh, the aggression at what I'm seeing (laughs) it just was uh, brilliant absolutely brilliant match yeah Jonah's one I mean Jonah's I thought again it's a wrestler I mean out of a lot of the releases we always said on the show he was him and Keith Lee were the two ones that completely were gob. I was gobsmacked when when were released by WWE, given the fact that WWE was more going in towards that dynamic of big wrestlers, and given that they hit the, well, I think he was literally you know, he was on the up at the time. Um, Joe, uh, Bronson Reed, as he was there, but obviously that's in the past. This is the present, and yeah, it's it, again he's another one like we said earlier. Um, with Tyre, it's great to see him. Obviously, him enjoying his work again, enjoying his wrestling. And yeah, again, he's been very consistent as well of his work in in Impact. Um, I think he's been a bit struggling to work out whether he was. Um, I think he was sort of a heel, but now he sort of does fear to be a, a bit. I think he's more of a tweener. Yeah. Because uh, I think after his feud with uh, with PCO um, and on, as as a member of I don't know more, I think that felt that sort of moved him into a tweener. Um, so yeah, I th- I th- I'm quite enjoying. That. I think the tweener role is something that's quite doesn't get used an, an awful lot. You see, you see, sort of it's either it just has to be sort of heel or babyface, as, as obviously should be. But I think yeah, he's used. He's he, I think when you have a big lad like him, he just doesn't really give a crap. I think a tweener can be quite perfect for them. Yeah, I agree. I think he definitely fits that role. You know, just right in that. You know, you can. Uh, be into what he's doing, but not not necessarily into how he's acting, if that makes sense, you know. So it's kind of a unique position for him to be in. And like you, you know, I was incredibly surprised that he'd been let go by um, WWE because he'd recently held the NXT North American title. I was mm. really pleased he'd done that. And, you know, in terms of that scene of uh, Oceania, Australia and New Zealand, I mean, he's one of the rising stars of that whole, you know, and, the whole continent, so it surprised me a lot that he was let go by WWE when he was. But in a way, you know, WWE's losses, everyone else's gain, and you know, we're seeing him like said in Impact constantly, you know, delivering and on the independent scene as well. You know, in uh, New Japan, strong and um, you know, various other independents is just you know showing what he's worth. So, so yeah, and and him and I think as well for. Um, Ishii as well. I think the other thing is is that I don't think I've ever seen. Um, I don't think it's possible to see a bad Tomohiro Ishii match. If it is, then I've not seen it because this again. I think this is just another one of those matches where you know it just added into his uh, sort of 
variety of opponents. You can just face anybody and just have a fantastic match, um, you know, anywhere. And this was another one of those examples. So, yeah, again, just another awesome match on this show. It was just awesome match after awesome match, actually. So, yeah, this was just another one. Absolutely. And it's interesting. I think that's Jonah's first loss in a impact ring. So it will be very, very interesting to see now what they do with him. Usually when a first defeat happens... Um, well, I mean, not school sort of cliche, but you can either get into that sort of spiral and sort of slip down the card, or equally you can just get thrown straight into a, a major sort of um, title match. So, yeah, um, it'll be interesting what they what they do do with Jonah over the, over the next few, well, over the next coming months. And um, again, it's well, I think I've got full faith of how they use him. It's and um, again, it's just the great wrestlers kind of have at their disposal. Yeah, definitely is. Um... And again, with the Forbidden Door, you know, you've got um, so many other um, New Japan guys or AEW guys who'd be, I mean, like I said, you know, Samoa Joe would be great given, you know, their similar styles and size, you know, um, someone smaller or, you know, like Malachi. I keep saying Malachi Black, but it's, again, because one of those guys that were just really into, you know, Brody King. You know, there's so many people who he could face, you know, and even in Impact as well, you know, he's got so many possible opponents who he could go after. So, um, I mean, him and Mike Bailey as well, you know, like, Jonah yeah. would be great possibly with the going after, if, if Mike Bailey got the Impact, uh, sorry, got the X Division title, for example, you know, it'd be cool to see them two go out or just even the singles match, you know. So, lots of lots of possibilities um, with him due to his, um, you know, his style and things. So, yeah, exciting. No, absolutely, and yeah, um, to go into the next match now, I've given the show a lot of praise, now I think with this, is my only sort of gripe, for a match that started so well, because I loved the beginning, enjoyed it throughout, and then I feel like the ending was a bit boring, I think, is the way to kind of go about it, I think, so I'm not going to slate this match too much, but just the ending, I think, I think kind of ruined what was a really, really good sort of start and a, a good overall match. Um, so it was the eight, obviously the eight tag team um, challenge for the elimination challenge for the for the world titles, like a gauntlet match. Um, so yeah, I thought the start was great with um, Jordan Grace as her. Well, the, obviously we had the major players come out with. Um, uh, I said Kurt Hawkins and Zach Runnick. I was thinking major broskies, but uh, <laughs> uh, Brian Myers and um, Matt Cardona. Matt Cardona. Yeah. yeah. So when I was saying, if I didn't say major major players, I just said them by their names. I wouldn't have had that. But um, <laughs> um, yeah. So and then yeah, obviously Jordan Grace came out, who as we know, um, uh, we know Cardona almost stole the um, or sort of well turned heel by uh, stealing the, the digital media championship from her. And um, then we know that then her shop partner, W. Morrissey, um, who's obviously had problems with uh, Brian Myers. So I thought this was a great start. Um, really brutal as well. I mean, the spot on the outside, the slam of the table through the yeah. screen, I, I was all for that. Um, sometimes there is a sign nice when the male and the male and the female superstars just just sort of around. Uh, not like you want to have on every every match, but just the odd spot can be class. Uh, like, like a bit like when you get like, I don't know, when so Randy Orton does an RKO on a woman out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> just, just the odd spot, I think, is great. And, um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed the start to that. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it once, or one by one. But, yeah, with, yeah so Grace, Grace Morris, what are your thoughts on the, on the start to the, to the match? I thought the start of the match was brilliant. And, you know, I need to say as well that I've been a bit negative on W. Morrissey. Um, I don't know, just maybe it's the name thing and, you know, just... 
maybe because I wasn't a massive fan of him in WWE, but I think that this was his best match I've seen of him in Impact since he sort of came into it for me. Um, and like you, I thought that the playing in of the two feuds was great. I thought that it was great to see Jordan Grace in there, you know, to have a different, uh, you know, layer of um, creativity, you know, because obviously Impact has, um, you know, quite a lot of intergender matches and things. And the powerbomb spot was fantastic. Um, you know, I thought it just looked brutal and it was just really well done. Um and then like you, I think I think the problem with gauntlet matches is that you will always have kind of a middle they start off great and then you have a middle period where it's very a bit like we were saying before about like maintaining momentum, but it's very difficult to maintain momentum in a lot of these matches. And I think they kind of gradually went went down. And one of the other things what's difficult is that Nine times out of ten, I always find that the champions always kind of come in near the end. So it kind of defeats the object of the champions having to defeat all the challengers to retain the belts in a sense. So it kind of takes away from it in a way. Um, because I would have preferred Violent by Design to come in a bit earlier on and then, you know, see them, you know, in the ring a bit longer. Um, because I'm a big fan, same as you're a big fan of, uh, of, Mike Bailey, I'm a big fan of Joe Doring, so I would have just liked yeah. Joe, Ta- Joe Doring to just have gone in there and just beat the hell out of everybody. <laughs> but that yeah. didn't happen for very long, unfortunately. But yeah, I, I thought it started really well. And then unfortunately, it was probably, it just sort of went downhill from, I would say, it's difficult to say. I, I might say when the good yeah, brothers got eliminated, but then yeah, again, it's, it's, I, I don't I, know. I know you mean. It's, it's, it's difficult. I'll quickly run through what episode. It was Johnny Swinger and Zicky Dice that came out uh, next. And yeah, then uh, they were, well, yeah, the, the, so they were in, um, who then, yeah, then after that, it was Rich Swan and, um, and Willie Mack. Uh, we had then had the good brothers come in. Um, uh, on and no more then came in, then Heath and Rhino came in. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, cause, uh, yeah, obviously, so we saw the, yeah, the major players knock off, yeah, Jordan Grace and W. Morrissey. Um, and then, yeah, I think with this, yeah, with the, I think you're right, when the Good Brothers kind of went, it did feel a bit, it felt a bit flat. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, with, yeah, with Ron Watson coming in last and then regaining the belts, it almost felt like, I think for Elimination Challenge, it sort of felt like, almost like, well, they didn't really have an awful lot to then to do. Whether yeah. I've missed Psych and they, they won, they won a match and it got them the last entrance and that's a bit of a different story. But it all just felt a little bit, usually you think of like the tag team champions going in almost the, near, or near the beginning, because when they go out, then you're like, oh, well, we're going to crown a new champion. So, yeah, um, as I said, I don't want to knock it too much, because I love a lot, a lot, I like all the tag teams that, that were in there. Maybe it would have been quite nice if we had towards the end of a surprise tag team. I know that's not always often possible, but I thought when we saw the fact that three teams weren't actually announced, I thought, oh, we're definitely going to get surprise. I know the first one was quite a cool little surprise, but it'd be nice if we had a proper sort of surprise, a new tag team to impact at yeah. some stage. Um, yeah, or someone through the forbidden door, you like, yeah, or you like that, yeah. Yeah, I'm mean, just somebody, you know, to mix it up a little bit, you know, it would have been, it would maybe like the Briscoes or somebody, you know, just something a bit different, you know, um, but, you know, it was, it was definitely the low point on the card for me, but we need to take into consideration though that this particular pay-per-view up to this point had been fantastic. So it's not a bad match by any shape of the imagination. It's just not as good as the great stuff that came before it, you know, so that's a 
kind of the difficulty in it is that, you know, it's uh, always difficult when you get to that point where there's a match which doesn't live up to the expectation, well, live up to the level of the other previous matches, I think. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good though to see. I'm a big fan of Joe Doring, as I said, so it's always great fun to see Joe Doring in there, you know, regardless. <laughs> I just love yeah. seeing Joe Doring. <laughs> We'll go back to the point about W. Morrissey now. He's someone who I think we had to look at, obviously, well, when he, when he, because I'm still, when he joined Impact, I wasn't so sold on it. Um, obviously, that's ignored. Uh, but I think for someone, obviously, we've known how now he's turned his life around, looking in better shape again. And I think his work generally is improving. I think certainly over the last few weeks when he's turned, sort of transitioned into this baby face character, I'm really back sold on him now. And he's, yeah, I, I think now he's looking, in great shape, the crowd are now getting behind him again. Um, so I think it's it's good when wrestlers can really turn themselves around from obviously in a dark dark place. It, it's great to see, and it, yeah, and he is almost looking like a, a different wrestler altogether. Yeah, so I, I wasn't. I loved his work with Enzo and Cass when they were a tag team. Didn't like his single run in WWE, and um, but no, since he's kind of um, yeah, now certainly since this babyface kind of turn. I've been all for it, and um, I'm I'm really really enjoying his work now. And it, it'd be yeah interesting to see what they kind of do with him going forward as well now. Because we've kind of had him at that a bit of a sort of well this championship match back at the um, Heart to Kill. So um, yeah, it will be quite interesting to see what they do with with W Morrissey going forward. Because um, fair play to Impact for for taking the chance on him, and I think now he's certainly come with the babyface. It's good to see that he's getting the, the crowd reaction. Yeah, I agree. Um, and you know, it's good to see that, like you said, someone can turn their um, their life around and they can, you know, just get themselves into be given a chance, like what Impact have done. I think, and I think that's the main thing is if you give someone a chance. I mean, look at you know, case in point, look at you know the Hardys and how yeah. you know, broken Hardys years ago just became the biggest act in all of wrestling, you could say, at that point, because they'd obviously been through bad times and then, you know, they were given creative freedom to us, you know, extent and look at what happened with them, you know. So I think, yeah, definitely it was, you know, I wasn't sure at the start, but now I know that he's definitely, um, you know, turned everything around. It's great to see, you know, I think it's a great thing, you know. So where he goes from here is who who knows, you know, but a bit exciting though. So again, that's another exciting thing from the pay-per-view. No, absolutely. And um yep, and so for the penultimate match of the night, uh for the knockouts um for the knockouts uh, world championship, uh it was Tasha Steels accompanied by Savannah Evans, taking on Rosemary, accompanied by Habit. Now there was a bit of outside shenanigans. We saw Havoc that was removed from ringside. Then, yeah, the advantage of having Savannah Evans did eventually tell us um, Tasha Steeles did regain her belt. Uh, I've actually got no sort of complaints to this because I'm, I'm a huge Tasha Steeles fans. Uh, I think yeah, I've, I love the work was as far and flying the fire and flavour uh, <laughs> when she was a team with Kira Hogan. I thought they were they were great together. Um, and I think, yeah, she she can, I think she is doing well with the belt. And, and it was always been quite hard with her following, well, Donna Perrazzo, Mickey James, so who were awesome, awesome champions with great runs. So it was always going to be quite difficult to follow. But I think, yeah, I, I think I, I do enjoy her as a heel um, there. I thought the match was good. Rosemary is always going to be a solid can sort of contender for her yeah. to wrestle. And, um, yeah, I think the match, yeah, was good. So I'm not going to say it was the best match of the night, by not by any means, but it was good, and it certainly did 
it certainly did the job as well, I think, in terms of uh, keeping um, yeah, Tasha as that kind of slimy heel. Yeah. I'm um, like you. I think both Tasha Steeles and Kira Hogan are brilliant. You know, Fire and Flavor, brilliant uh, act as a tag team. And again, giving someone a chance and giving Tasha Steeles the opportunity to, you know, hold the knockouts um, title is a great, you know, opportunity for her. Um, she, they remind me very much, I've just mentioned them, but they, they remind me very much of the Briscoe brothers in that, you know, it was like when Jay won the Ring of Honor World Championship and Mark was not the Ring of Honor World Champion, but kind of they had a mutual respect for one another and had each other's backs regardless, you know, but they might not have done. And it's that kind of a vibe I get from it. And like you said, with, uh, with Rosemary, she's a, she's a great, um, She's one of those wrestlers again, much like Diana Perazzo, where she's so good at being, you know, able to wrestle anybody and get the best out of them. And I think that's what she did with Tasha Steeles, you know, and it was a uh, interesting, there was different aspects, like we said, the outside interference and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it was hard hitting at points as well. You know, I need to say that, you know, both the women's matches were probably the most hard hitting matches on the show mm. by Jonah and uh, Tommy Hiroishi, you know, which is, you know, saying something, but I thought it was again really good and a solid, strong defense. You know, in a in the semi main event spot for you know the uh, for Tasha Steeles to kind of establish herself as the you know knockouts uh, champion. Um, and again, looking forward to seeing how she reigns going forward through the rest of um 2022. After we you know we had the Diana Perazzo and Mickey James before her, you know, so it should be should be interesting to to see how they all pans out going forward with her in. hundred percent. So then yeah, well that brings us on to um our oh, main well actually I will say because there was a video promo at some point of the um tonight, but there will be um yeah, Slammiversary was announced for slightly earlier um than last year. I think last year was usually July, but this is gonna be June nineteenth, uh day before my birthday, funny enough. Um <laughs> So, um, yeah, well, and so Sunday, June 19th in Nashville, Tennessee, which makes sense because it's the 20th anniversary. Um, so yeah, that, that's announced, um, therefore to say, um, yeah, um, any views on this? I know, yeah, obviously it all pretty much makes it. So you probably know more than me. So is that the actual date of it being exactly 20 years from when it started? Was it June that it started in, in Paddington? I 20? believe it was the 19th of, um, June, but then again, it's a, a difficult thing to um, to know. Yeah, for I thought, I thought I'd put you on the spot there, for you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just looking now as we're speaking on them. This is because I know usually they have, they have to have like a big space yeah. between their pay per views. They start yeah, January. The, yeah, the date rings a bell. Um, I just can't remember off the top of my head, but I am going to check because I was about to say that if that's the case, then it does make a lot of sense for them to do that, and you know, it would be. Um, it would be very um, apt for them to have the 20th anniversary happen 20 years to the day the event actually took place. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. Yeah, it was the 19th of June 2002 was the first ever Impact event, um, TNA, NWA TNA event. So, um, yeah, it's 20 years to the day, which is pretty cool, really. You know, you very rarely get that in sort of, you know, wrestling companies and things. So that's pretty cool that they've got it 20 years to the actual day the company came to be. But, um but yeah, that should be exciting, you know, whether they'll play into, obviously they've got, they had NWA, um, affiliation at that point. So, and obviously now, you know, the NWA is sort of its own entity and whether that'll come into it with the Forbidden Door or, 
you know, what what will come from, you know, the um, actual show itself. But it always kind of delivers Slammiversary. It's always a great show to watch. So, um, you know, it'll be exciting. And, you know, it's amazing to think as well. I think what's incredible is that, you know, Impact's been around for two decades, which, you know, I remember on the wrestling, I always talk about the wrestling channel. It always gets around to it at some point. Mm. I remember very early on watching it on the wrestling channel. The wrestling channel was great. It was. And those early you know, NWA pay-per-views and seeing, you know, Jeff Jarrett as the NWA champion and AJ Styles in his early days and Jerry Lynn and Loki and this new promotion like Impact to, well, TNA at that point. And we're here now, 2020, well, in 2022, 20 years later. And after everything, what's been crit- people critical of TNA, Impact, whatever you want to call it, they're still here. And, you know, I think that's a great testament to them and the resilience of the company and of the you know, the fans as well, because they have such loyal fans, don't they, the company, and, you know, that's why we're reviewing the show this evening, you know, so I think um, that says a lot as well, so I will say on a, on a, you know, congratulations for 20 years, TNA, as well, you know, it's a massive yeah. achievement in the world of wrestling, you very rarely get that, you know, so congratulations to them. Yeah, here, and hopefully, here's to, like the same, probably more to come, and picking up more, more fans on the way, I mean, this forbidden door can always, can, in my opinion, it's just such an easy it might be, I don't know, easy is probably not the word, but it just seems like a very simple way to potentially get new fans. Like that's how it got me into Impact. I, I, I was after that Dynamite where Omega lost the belt, or oh, so Omega won the belt rather from John Moxley. Then I was like, oh well, I, I can't not watch Impact this week now to see what happens after this. So yeah. I was like, oh actually, the episode's quite good. I think I might give Impact a bit of a watch now, given we're given we're still in lockdown. There's not else, there's not really an awful lot else to do. I'll, I'll start watching that, and I was like, yeah, actually, I'm quite enjoying this. This is quite a and this is quite nice. And it will watch actually when you uh, there. It doesn't go on for too long. It's once a week. So yeah, I just think the Forbidden Door. If you like your stars on the indie scene, and you, and you get them showing up on different promotion, naturally you're probably going to watch said promotion. So yeah, absolutely. So yeah, fingers crossed. As I say, the, there we will be. Uh, yeah, there'll be another twenty years and twenty more twenty more years after that as well. So <laughs> um, no, that should be so should be great in June. And um, Yep, so yeah, for the main event, um, Josh Alexander going one-on-one against Moose for the title uh, for the Impact World Championship. Match that we know has been, well, building since all the way back from October um, when well, when Josh Alexander beat Christian um, for the for the Impact World Championship and Moose quickly cashed in his call the shots um, and, yeah, won the belt from Josh Alexander um, there and then in pinned him in front whilst his family was still in the ring as well, no no less. Um and then yeah, we've seen we've seen all sorts now. I think the build to this has been was been great. We know it was coming and I've loved the fact that they have sort of stretched it out since October. They could have easily just done well, we'll just give Josh the win at say hard to kill in January, but I thought I like the fact that he's had to come over like, a lot of challenges. He reached boiling point and then I know it kind of fed into a real life story uh, storyline with him actually obviously losing his work permit and that had to get sorted out so they've done well to even incorporate that into it yeah but yeah in the end it's all worth it it was a great match uh, as you'd expect there um and yeah we saw the yeah loads of near falls we was like oh please tell me he's actually going to get it done and then yeah he did eventually get it done and yeah 
everyone's happy and it's probably in my opinion the yeah the mo the the, the, the biggest deserved world champion we'll ever see isn't it because yeah, his work over the last two years has been incredible so this is fully fully deserved oh yeah absolutely i mean you know he josh alexander from you know years ago when he left the business because he had a or he retired due to having a neck injury and things. This was back in like 2000, I think it was 2014 or something. And then, you know, Ethan Page kind of went on, you know, singles run and then they came back together up to North. And from there, you know, it's just gradually grown in terms of how good he is in the ring. And, you know, from the 60 minute Ironman match with TJ Perkins and, you know, he, he just again is one of these guys who's got so much variety to him and he's so great in the ring, you know, and the whole, like you said, the whole storyline of, you know, Moose taking the belt, but then the real-life situation of the work permit and, you know, getting redemption for his, you know, losing the belt after working so hard to get it and, you know, obviously his family being there and his son, you know, dressed like him and stuff. It was just a really great feel-good moment. And then Impact do do those feel-good wins really, really well. And this was one of those, you know, times. And, you know, again, in terms of this match, you know, it was full of adrenaline, you know, how Josh Alexander was able to hit so many German suplexes in one go on a guy the size of Moose is beyond me. I don't know how yeah. anyone can... It's just, you know, essentially he's like the modern-day Kurt Angle wrestling machine. In a sense. Yeah. He really is successful to him in that sense, you know, that amateur style, um, which is really... Because I just, again, you know, Kurt Angle's one of the greatest of all time. And, you know, I think he definitely has that aura to him, Josh Alexander. Um, and the... You know, the Moose trying to, I think Moose as well, we need to give credit to Moose because he is such a diverse, a very, he's a very diverse big man because he can, you know, he can work really great as a baby face and as a heel. He, and But also he's so athletic that you can't not be in awe of what he can do in the ring. And, you know, there are certain things what only he can do because he's just so athletic and they just meshed really well together and it was just a again like Impact do just a really great main event world title match which was really satisfying at the end with Josh winning the belt and having his moment finally and you know the fans were all into it so a great way to cap off a you know phenomenal show basically I thought that this was from top to bottom as always with Impact, just a fantastic pay-per-view, you know, and I would say to anyone listening to this review, you know, definitely go out and watch the replay because, you know, it will be, you know, you'll you'll definitely enjoy it. A hundred percent. And, um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, with this main event, I think it kind of is what you, you're, you're perfect kind of main event, really. You've got a main title naturally on the line, but you've got it, you've actually built a very good view to it. And, um, yeah, there's not many feel good kind of wrestling moments, but yeah, Alexander winning the belt against such a dislikable heel in Moose, who is great, by the way. He, he has been an, an awesome heel, uh, that it, it was just, yeah, a great moment. And, um, no, really, really enjoyable match. And yeah, a really great feud as well to, to this. Yeah, it really was. And I think that's the thing as well is um, that in terms of the feud, what, what was great as well is that um, it, as we've seen a lot of times in, in wrestling, um, getting sort of families involved and all that and kids can sometimes be a little bit cliched and be a little bit yeah. kind of, uh, it, it's a bit hard to swallow, whereas this felt like the right balance in a way. Um, and it yeah, worked definitely. really well. Yeah. And it worked really well with Josh and Moose. And I think 
that um, this is kind of a way it's done. This is an example of how to do it right, whereas a lot of times you'll see it done, you know, done wrong, or we have done, and then we've kind of winced and thought, you know, why are we see, you know, why are families getting involved? But um, yeah, but yeah, this was definitely an example where it did, you know, it did work. And congratulations to. You know, Josh Alexander for finally winning the Impact World title and, you know, much like, um, you know, Tasha Steeles, you know, I hope that he has a great reign in 2022 and, you know, with the pay-per-views coming up and things, it'd be exciting to see who he, um, you know, who he gets to face, you know, with especially with the 20th anniversary of, uh, you know, Impact coming up as well. It could be, you know, quite an interesting time for him as a champion, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it certainly is an interesting time and, um, yeah, I think with that on that note, if I was going to say right now, Slam of the, I know we've obviously got, I think Under Siege, the next, the next kind of, you know, the, the monthly show they do, the, um, the, like the, not the pay per view as such, but the, uh, I don't know what they, what's the actual name for it? They're like the called, monthly? they were called Impact, Impact Plus Special. Well, yeah, that's that, it, I don't Impact know. Plus. I yeah. We'll go, we'll go with that. Uh, so if I'm going to say right now a challenger for, uh, well, I'll, I'll give you two. I'll give you one for the, for the next uh, show at the, uh, the next Impact Plus show, which is Under Siege on May 7th. But then one for the big show, Slammiversary in June. I'll go, yeah. Yeah. Who do you reckon? So, Put I would say for, yeah, I would say for, um, Under Siege, I'd like to see Jonah. For some reason, I'd just like to see Jonah. But then for Slammiversary, because of how well he performed at the um, in the in the opener, Steve Macklin, I think somehow they can build that in somewhere with with him. Um, whether it be like the new face of him or impact, or like Chris Saban, obviously being you know one of the first you know forefathers of TNA kind of thing and Jay White and stuff from this show. But yeah, they're the two I would go for. Um, but then again, who knows? Someone out of the woodwork could suddenly appear and we could be, you know, it could be someone, someone different. Yeah. But they're the two I've chosen. Yeah, so I'm definitely going to agree with you on the first, I think, for Steve Macklin. But I think I'm going to go for Steve Macklin for the next show. I just think right now Macklin's on a bit of a run. I think it'll be good to sort of test him in a main, in a main title match. Um, so I'll go for Macklin for next month. Then I think for the main show, again, this is what I said earlier, a bit, bit worried about them only on the pre-show, but I'm going to go for, for Eddie Edwards. I think part of the reason why Eddie Edwards did turn on impact and obviously become the leader of Honor No More was because of Josh Alexander being the, the one they wanted to challenge Christian for the, yeah, for the impact title. So I think that would kind of go a bit full circle. You've got time to really develop the rivalry again. So. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think to, I, I just think, yeah, if they're serious about good. Eddie Edwards being a huge heel, I just think, yeah, that, that has the potential of main event in that show. Yeah, and it's coming up to sort of, you know, nearly 10 years since, I mean, Eddie's kind of, again, one of the, you know, sort of focal stars of Impact, or it has been over the past 10 years, you know, so it would make sense for him actually to, you know, to main event the show with, uh, with Josh Alexander. So yeah, I'd be excited to see that one. I think that'd be a great match. Um, definitely to main event, um, you know, Slammiversary. So yeah, I can go with that as well. Definitely. Also, we are due a, I think we are probably due a Sammy Callahan return sooner. I think him versus Moose would make the most sense given the fact that, um, Callahan always just seems to tweet, fuck you, Moose, because I think they were in, in a bit of a feud. Well, I think, cause I'm trying to think when he got injured, I know it was September, so I think they were, Developing into a few because I know Callahan turned face 
and was doing very well, I will add. Um, so I think, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see our Callahan come back to, to feud with, Mew, with Moose. Yeah, yeah I think good. it was around Victory Road, yeah, when he got injured back in September. So yeah, Callahan to, to feud with Moose, hopefully, when he comes, when he comes back. Yeah, I'd be into that. That'd be good. You know, again, I think they've wrestled a couple of times. It's always been, you know, an interest. I think they have, from what I remember, or I'm not sure, but the interactions they've had anyway have always been great. So, um, yeah, I'd definitely be up for that one as well in some shape or form. Maybe we'll get, you know, because obviously Sammy Callahan's always delivered at um, Slammiversary and, you know, see if we get kind of a follow-up to the... Pentagon Junior match in 2018, which is one of my um, favourite kind of hardcore matches, that brutal match against uh, Pentagon Junior before I went to AEW. Um, so, yeah, that would be good as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, well, yeah, I think that's about it for the show. Anything else you want to mention from the, from the show? Um, just like I said, just definitely um, go out of your way to, to watch it. Um, I think... One of the things what I was really pleased about was that the crowd were really invested in it because I know sometimes, um, you know, crowds can not always translate well on recordings, but the Impact fans really helped this match to go to a higher, you know, to a higher level. And I thought that the, um, the returning faces from, you know, Impact Past, but also the people through the Forbidden Door really melded together really well. So it'll be exciting to see how, you know, that all pans out as well. But yeah, from a, from a pay-per-view perspective, again, as I said, you know, impact just always deliver. And this was again, just not, not just straight out of the park. So just go out of your way and, you know, watch this and just enjoy it for what it is. Cause it was just a great, easy three hours of wrestling, which was enjoyable, which is what you want, isn't it? That's what we're watching yeah. for. Exactly that. Exactly that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really, really enjoyable show um, there, and hopefully should be a, a good few months ahead before Slammiversary in, in June. Yeah, definitely, and I'll definitely be uh, excited for, you know, Slammiversary or the developments with, like we were saying, with the, the I mean, obviously with the AEW and New Japan show, that may play into it in some shape or form. You know, there's a lot of things going on in the whole sort of, you know, wrestling world in that sense. So, yeah, it'll be exciting to see if anything from Slammiversary plays into that show or Double or Nothing plays into Slammiversary or vice versa. You know, it'll be an interesting time for us to be watching as fans. So, um, so yeah, and just, you know, thank you for having me on, Nick. It's been great to be able to, you know, review the show with you and just uh, have you me back on. So, yeah, thank you. No, no, we've uh, we loved every second of it, and um, yeah, huge thank you for, for you for coming on, and huge thanks to our listeners for well, for doing the best for their time in the podcast. We do appreciate it. Um, we'll be back, yeah, next week uh, where we'll be pre previewing, I should say, uh, WrestleMania Backlash uh, next week. So yeah, we've got that um, there. Loads more um, as well coming up, which we're very excited for. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter at BBG Wrestling. And um, yeah, that's a good night from me. And it's a good night from me. And we'll see you soon.